Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight, episode 25, rolling solo on this one, guys. Now, typically George or Zach are usually able to join me on an episode pretty much every time out, but between me being on vacation last week and just hectic scheduling, it's been a little bit tougher to get us all on, but we're going to try to make it happen later this week for sure. But until then, you're stuck with me. But it's been about a, it's been, I don't know, roughly a week or so, I think, since last time we recorded. So we were due, we had to get something out, and here I am now. Tonight, we're just going to talk about a little bit of everything, you know. I got some stuff on my mind, some players I want to talk about. Talk some dynasty. We're going to talk a little bit of dynasty uh, talk, a few players that I've been targeting in my dynasty leagues either via trade or off the wire. I'm talking about prospects. We're going to talk a little bit waiver wire, a little bit of a buy low maybe, and some news and notes. Kind of just see where it takes us. Again, there's just a lot of players I'm just really intrigued, really want to talk about, and let's get to it, shall we? For us, we'll start with some news and notes. Justin Upton is back. And he comes back and has a two-home run night. That's one way to come back. I mean, he was a stash candidate for me this whole year. I know he was dropped in some places. I was able to even get him in one league, but he's been stashed else uh, otherwise. Sorry, he hit one home run. I swore it was two. Maybe one got reversed. I don't know. Or maybe I misread the box score at one point. So he hit one home run. Regardless, he went two for four with a home run tonight. Welcome back, Upton. And uh, you just got to like – you got to think. Just He's back to that, that that top 100 type of guy. I mean, the rest of the season I would have him close to that top 100 spot or within my top 100. He offers a little bit of speed, a, little, uh, a lot of power, and it is what it is. Welcome back. Good to have him back. If he's on your waiver wire, make a point and priority go get him. Uh, another piece of news, a big trade happened for the Yankees. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion traded from Seattle over to, to New York. Of course, New York, the rich get richer. <laughs> they gave up next to nothing for him, it feels like. Regardless, initial reaction, his stock is up. Better lineup uh, protection around him. Better ballpark, obviously. It's the Yankees. It's it's uh, Yankee Stadium. And... Going to be most likely a full-time DH. Now, every so often, sure, he'll get a, a spot start here at first base. Let's stand in DH or judge. Two things I take away outside of uh, Edwin coming over. You have Stanton playing the field full-time now. He did it in Miami just fine, but at the same time, I just don't know, man. I feel like he he gets these fluke injuries, and – I just now you're gonna add a, a, a higher likelihood of him getting injured playing in the field on a regular basis. That is concerning. Not enough for me to be like avoid him or don't go trade for him or you must trade him away now. But it's definitely something worth thinking about. And then the other thing is obviously uh, Clint Frazier was sent down. Frazier being, you know, he was just solid. Let's see, what was Frazier hitting? He was doing really – he was doing pretty well. Like, definitely better than somebody who should have been sent down. But on the year, he's hitting 283 with 11 home runs, 25 runs, 34 RBIs, 
has one stolen base. Eh, stolen base is irrelevant. But nonetheless, we're talking about a guy hitting 280. And with the sustained success he's had while he's been up, he did not deserve a demotion by any means. I would think all points, all things are pointing towards him being traded. And once he's traded, he's a must-add guy again. And the reason why I say must-add is because it would be really tough for me to hold on to him. If you have those NA slots in your league, by all means, utilize it for him because he's proved he can swing it, swing it in the, at the pro level. Some of the remaining prospects aren't as exciting. I mean, there are some, you know, you're still holding on to Hira. You're still holding on to – you might be holding on to uh, Kiboom or, or Bichette. I think Frazier, he's not – he's lost that excitement. He's lost that shine to him. He's still worth holding on to if you can afford it. But, I mean, he's on the most drop list for a reason. <sighs> totally understandable. It's just a really unfortunate situation for him. I mean, he's about, he's going to get – like I said, I think he gets traded, new organization, maybe a second chance, but we'll see what happens. It's to be uh, determined. TBD. Can't really hold on to that one. Now, along with Stanton coming back, you have Judge coming back. It's – the Yankees are just – they're doing very well. They're about to get healthy for the first time all year. They are a force to be reckoned with, and that is for sure. So let's just go ahead and stick with this theme of injuries. Hunter Pence went down with what appears to be a groin injury. There is no news last I've seen, anyway, about timetable or uh, level of strain or whatnot. Oh, this one's tough. He's also on the most dropped list. He's maybe if you can if you can afford to, I would hold on to him for the time being. See what type of grade the strain is. See uh see how long he's gonna be out. If it's a grade two or longer, you're looking at quite a few weeks, and then I would probably recommend dropping him. But he's been so good for your fantasy teams that. I don't see any reason to not give him a chance to at least get find out what's wrong with him. Another player that's a little nicked up, but he seem I guess he's going to avoid an IL stint is Nomar Mazzara. His hamstring, he's going to undergo an MRI on, on Monday, on today apparently. And sorry, he underwent an MRI and it showed a mild strain. He may need a few more days to recover, but he's supposed to avoid the IL. Regardless, this is a, I don't know if this is controversial, but I had him as a drop, and I dropped him personally in 12-team leagues months ago. <laughs> like It feels like at least it's, been, it's been at least a month. He's been okay. He's been a top 140 player over the last month. He's a fringe rosterable guy and a 12-teamer. Anything deeper you should hold, but 12-team mixed, what does he really offer you? You're chasing that upside that he hasn't hit on. In today's game, if you're not stealing bases and you're strictly a power hitter with middling average, which he's hitting 265 on the year with only nine home runs, that's not a lot of real value. He's 60% owned in, in Yahoo leagues, and I don't understand it. I would gladly, gladly drop him for a hot name or a good or a big time stash like a canning or sorry, canning like a Bichette or a Hero, like names I mentioned before. But guys that aren't owned in enough leagues, 
there's a few of these. And again, this goes back to me just kind of jumping around tonight, talking about a lot of players. And one guy that was actually brought to my attention was Oscar Mercado. Now, I do understand that lately I've been very fortunate gaining a lot of new followers and I've been gaining new questions about Mercado. But for a lot of you guys that have followed me since day one, you or even even day 41, it feels like, you know my love for this guy. This kid, he was underrated coming into the year. He was outside the top 100 in Dynasty Leagues, most Dynasty League lists I've seen as far as uh, prospect rankings. He was a guy I was targeting late last year, got him for free basically as throw-ins in Dynasty trades. This year I started stashing him about, I don't know, two or so weeks before the call-up. And he has not disappointed And this guy has legit, like, elite speed. And right now, I don't know who doesn't need speed in their dynasty, in their Roto Leagues. And this is the thing. He should be owned in more Roto and Categories Leagues. In Yahoo, his ownership has jumped up to 23%. I don't know why he's not closer to, like, 50 to 60% just for the speed aspect. In 12-team leagues... Five outfielder leagues, he for sure needs to be owned. It's tougher and shallower. Anything shallower than five outfielder leagues, it gets a lot tougher. That's why fifty to sixty percent ownership makes sense. He, I mean, on the, I mean, we're talking. He's been up, what, maybe close to a month or a little less at this point. I can't recall when, but he has four home runs, three, uh, four steals, and he's batting three sixteen. Sorry, he has four home runs, four steals, and he's batting three of six. My apologies. He actually hit his fourth, uh, I think, a fifth home run tonight. He definitely hit a home run tonight. I'm not sure if that was his fourth or fifth. But regardless, man, the kid just offers I, – I always said about 10 to 12 home run upside. He isn't much of a of a power hitter. But the guy's speed. He has a 50-plus steal season in the minors. He never he has never stolen less than 32, I think the number is. This is off the top of my head because I've researched this guy over and over again. And – we're looking at a guy with a, a guy who has 30 plus steel upside in the pros rest of the season. He will be lucky if he gets 20 be, just because of, uh, you know, the late start he got, but, but man, he's, he's somebody I am definitely, definitely intrigued by his and his sprint speed is in the 94th percentile, but the rest of his stats, uh, he doesn't have really a big enough sample to really break them down. The small bit of uh, peripherals you get, He's slightly overachieving, but that's not bad. The fact that it's only slight, and with high with uh, people with like like high percentile speed, like the Mercados of the world, the Mondeses, they're gonna have high BABIPs and sustain and outperform the peripherals to a point. Usually, I've no, at least I've noticed a trend I've noticed. But you gotta like what you're seeing so far. He's he's only striking out seventeen percent of the time. His walk rate, I he flashed an eleven percent and a high and almost basically basically an eleven percent the last two years in the minors. It's only at four point five percent now, but he's barely he's not striking out much at only seventeen point six percent. Like I said, so he's being more aggressive, and you would like to see the walk rate go up. But I mean, you're, you're looking at a guy here with an elite, pretty much an elite line drive rate. I mean, twenty seven point four, sorry, twenty four point seven percent so far in the year. Overall, I didn't expect to do a deep dive on him. I'm just kind of looking it up as I speak about him. He's just solid. I mean, it is what it is. Plate discipline, there's nothing that really stands out as being terrible. His O swing is a little – which is your chase rate. It's a little high 
at 33.5%, but the league average is 309 so we're talking a little over 2% above league average. Swing strike rate, he's right at league average. His And this is where it gets impressive. His Z-swing, he swings at pitches in the, so, in the zone 80% of the time. And... His and he's and he hits 90% of those pitches because his Z contact is 90%. It is crazy what he's doing right now. So when he sees the ball in the zone, he seems to do pretty well with it. But again, this is very he needs more time, he needs more uh track record. This is just a quick glimpse, 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 a quick glimpse at what he's been bringing to the table. And that's like I said, that's Mercado. I just I love the kid. Can't get enough of him. And if you can still get him in cheap and nice leagues, I would definitely recommend it. A lot of people aren't this high on him, and I don't know what exactly he's going to turn out to be. But I do think a legitimate 15, 30 season type of upside season is within the realm of possibilities. With a you know solid two sixty to two eighty batting average, yes, it can fluctuate a lot. But I can see that type of season come out of him maybe next year or two years from now. And that is very valuable in today's game where speed is very is a premium and home runs are what everybody else can do. I'm really curious to see if he's one of those guys going around the top one hundred next year just because of the speed. I wouldn't exp- I wouldn't anticipate it and we still have a second half of the season to go. But it's gonna definitely be interesting. The next player I was just I'm intrigued by and he could be available in your leagues, but he's definitely somebody you should consider stashing now. AJ Pollock. He's ramping up baseball activities. He swung off a tee today. He's possibly going to be back by the All Star break a little after, it looks like. He's another guy, fluke injuries, but we know his upside. A little bit of power, a little bit of speed, hitting in the middle of the Dodgers lineup. Maybe in the middle, in the front at this point. I just like him as a guy that if I have an aisle spot to stash, if I'm in like first place, and this is the type of guy that if I'm in first place, I'm stashing. Or if I'm a top two, three team, I'm definitely stashing because I feel like he could just make your team even better when he returns. But regardless, I think he's a, I think he's definitely a solid stash candidate. I would definitely look his way if he's available. But that kind of reminds me of another uh, topic I wanted to talk about. Just uh, another player, I mean, and that's Chris Paddock. Paddock was obviously sent down at this point. It's to obviously manage his uh, manage his innings, but man, what people I've had people ask, what do I do with him? I do not care. I don't think you can drop him. I think you have to do what it takes to hold on to him or see if you can still get some decent value for him in trade if you can't afford to hold him. But it would take a lot for me to drop him because I guarantee you if you drop him, somebody will go ahead and pick him up. And I understand you're kind of stuck because you can't get what he's worth in trade because of the likelihood that he misses a good amount of time, up to even a month probably, just because they're trying to manage his innings that much. I'm sorry. I mean, I couldn't tell you, but it does say, you know, it could be a short time. But, there again, there's no – my point is that there's, there's just no set-in-stone concrete type of outline for it. I'm not dropping him at all. No. Another guy I'm adding in deeper leagues, and he's, he is inter- inter- interesting, at least to me, 
is uh, Danny Santana for the Texas Rangers. Danny Santana's been just like under the radar good. And he was like a border. Like I'm just thinking about writing this new article about second half sleepers and he's on the, and I just don't think it's going to last that long that he's going to be able to make it. And again, he's a deeply guy. He's only owned in 11% of leagues, Yahoo leagues and Yahoo is the main format that I play in. Apparently I did post on Twitter about Danny Santana and somebody wrote back about how Santana is owned in 19% of CBS leagues. So we're still looking at a sub 20% guy in majority of leagues. And, you know, there are some red flags in his profile as far as, you know, his walk his, his walk rate is only 4.6%. He does have a high chase rate, like, in, like, the 40% mark range or something like that. But he's – his stack cast deal is very intriguing. He has a – you know, he has a 43% hard hit rate, which is a career high. His WOBA and ex-WOBA are actually right in line with each other. Slugging is his expected slugging and expected batting average are both slightly under where they where they currently are. But he's another guy that I mean he has sprint speed in the 81st percentile, so he will sustain some of this. You know, some of the higher like when you're slightly overachieving, he the speed could be the difference maker. He has four four home runs and seven steals on the season, hitting with a batting average of 300. Now he did have another home run tonight. And another stolen base tonight. So I don't think that's factored in. So I want to say five home runs and eight steals. This is only in 160 at bats. Sorry, 175. Oh, yeah, 160 at bats, 175 plate appearances. The guy has, hasn't been a full time player. He still might not be. And I'm not expecting him to be a full time breakout, but middle infield eligible, outfield eligible, second base eligible, where you really could use some help. He's a guy I'm. I've grabbed off the wire in a bunch of, bunch of leagues. Any place I have a middle infield spot or five outfield spots, he's a guy that I've made sure to go ahead and just throw my throw on my uh, roster to give him a shot. I don't think what Santana is doing is sustainable. It might be to a point, but he's also because he's been a part time player. Pitchers haven't had a chance to get uh, to really learn his tendencies and. He's just, again, he's not a guy that I'd say is a must-add, but he's definitely intriguing in deeper leagues. I own him, like I said, I've owned him in 12-team in mixed leagues. I need second base a lot. I need middle and field sometimes, and I always need speed. And the fact that the guy is stealing as many bases, stealing as, many bases as he has in the short amount of uh, plate appearances, that right there has its own value. So Danny Santana is, like I said, another guy I'm adding – I'd rather have Mercado than Danny Santana. I'd put him in that order, Mercado than Danny Santana. But, again, Danny Santana is just another guy I'm catching off the waiver wire. Yeah, I'm sorry about being a little bit all over the place tonight. I know I'm jumping back from, like, ads, and I'm doing, like, some ad drops kind of, like, out of order, but – Again, I'm just so excited to be on here. I'm just talking baseball, and these are just guys on my mind, and they kind of just transition back and forth into each other. So try to hold, try to uh, stick with me. I get it. But we're going to go ahead and just – that's kind of the ad drop segment or whatnot that I was trying to cover. This is going to roll right into the uh, buy low segment. And I kind of covered – I just wrote an article – Again, I'm a, I, I write for the uh, I write for FSGN, the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Network, 
And you can follow them on Twitter at the FSGN. And, or you'd go to my Twitter page and find this article, but this article covered regression candidates. And essentially regression candidates are guys that are going to, that are basically saw highs. And real quick, I'm not going to touch on all of them in depth because I really, if you really want to hear about them in depth, go read the article. But they were Eduardo Escobar, Yanni Shirinos, and Alberto Mondesi. Now, Mondesi, he, he's a little bit different, so I'll get back to him. But the other two, Escobar and Shirinos, both have a lot of uh, obvious downward regression coming their way according to their profiles. I mean, I saw, and I saw a poll. Who would you rather have? And 56% chose they'd rather have Escobar over Jose Ramirez. I get it. Jose, he's another guy that I'm completely off of. But if you're telling me you can get Jose Ramirez for uh, Eduardo Escobar, do it and don't think twice. Escobar is a clear sell high. He's outperforming his peripherals terribly. And my big thing about it was there's a chance that he hits 250 by the end of the season, and there's a chance that Jose Ramirez hits 250 by the end of the season. But right now, the way that those guys would have to get there would be vastly different. Eduardo Rodriguez would have to completely fall, like have the floor fall from under him to get there, and Jose would have to hit pretty solid a good amount of the time the rest of the season for him to get there. So I would uh, if I can get Jose Ramirez for Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez, I would take that in a heartbeat and run. But I'm not saying sell. And when I say sell high, please sell high. Don't just be like, oh, I got – insert meh player there. I got Will Myers for Escobar. I was a huge Will Myers person coming into the season. I've kind of come off that, and that wouldn't be enough for Escobar right now. Even though I could see Myers outperforming him the rest of the season, that's not enough for Escobar because of how well he's performed. But he, again, the, I dove into him really well in the article. Go check it out. Shirinos, same thing. Regression coming his way. His FIP, XFIP, and Sierra were all 4.05 or, or, or greater. His ERA is only 288. That's like the main thing I looked at or the first thing I looked at. Then from there, kind of just, again, broke him down a little more. Another guy, better in points leagues because he has relief pitcher eligibility. But another guy I would look to sell high on, maybe go out and get a couple of these guys I'm going to talk about later. But first name I'll just throw out there is Zach Wheeler. Rather have Wheeler over Chirinos, but right now, Chirinos is outperforming him by leaps and bounds, and I don't expect that. I don't expect that to continue. So that's the type of trade I would try to aim to do, or, or even Patrick Corbin, who's been struggling of late. Go out and take advantage of some of these worried owners. Mondesi, as far as the uh, sell highs go, when I say sell Mondesi high, it's with two caveats, or probably more, but what we're gonna say we're gonna say two. One, points leagues, please sell high. He, he's vastly less valuable in points leagues. He strikes out too much, doesn't walk nearly enough, and he doesn't hit for enough power. I know speed matters even in points leagues, but most points leagues I've ever played in usually count for stolen bases uh, that, uh, when you get caught stealing. They count negative when you strike out. He's just – in points leagues, you don't drop him, <laughs> obviously. But you, I think he's definitely a sell-high candidate in points leagues for that reason. But, again, his speed is – he's in the 99th percentile of speed, so it'll hold off some of that regression to a point. 
But nevertheless, there was things like his counting stats that he was at one point, I think, leading the league in RBIs or close to it, and runs scored were up there. And that offense doesn't support that type of those type of numbers. And it's already come back down to earth over the last two or three weeks. We're talking like five or six or I think eight RBIs in the last month, four in the last two weeks. The steals will always be there, and the average has been middling at best, I think in low, low to mid-200s. He's coming back down to earth a little bit. Again, the steals and the speed in general hold some of that value. But the steals, unless you're getting back, unless you're going out with him and pairing him with something to get an Arenado or to go ahead and get a Mike Trout if you can or or Yelich, which, or if you can get Mookie Betts, buy low on Mookie Betts type of thing with Elmondesi, those are types of moves i do it. But I can tell you right now, it is very difficult to make up that speed you're losing. Obviously, there's speed on the waiver wire if you include Mercado, if you include Danny Santana, like I said before. And, you know, and there's a guy later I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention that's good for speed in Dynasty Leagues and probably later in the year for redraft. But right now, if you're selling Mondesi, make sure, A, you can make up the speed or at least sustain some type of speed with him off your roster. B, sell high get a top five to top seven player that you think is better than Mondesi and capitalize on the premium that steals are. Otherwise, do not sell him. Regression was – I mean, there was, there was no doubt he was going to regress. If people didn't think he was going to regress, that was, that was on you because <laughs> regression was written all over Mondesi's profile from day one. Now, I'm also known to be a pretty anti-Mondesi guy. I've obviously bought into a point because steals are so, so, so important and such a need for Roto Leagues. But the power's down. There's, Like I said, I broke them down way more, so I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to stop right here. Read the article if you're interested. It's definitely worth a read. It breaks them down really well. And those are, the, those are right now my sell highs. The buy lows, I mentioned one before. One of them is Zach Wheeler. He had another okay start tonight. He it was against the Braves, but he has a 10.05 K per nine this year, which is actually up from last year, almost a run and a half, K and a half per nine. His walk rate is actually a tick down. What's killing him is his home runs per nine is nearly doubled, but he has some like his bad bip is at 313 with a career bad bip of like 298, and even last year was 279. His strand rate is only 65%. League average is like 73 or 74 or 75, somewhere like around there. He has roughly the same ground ball raise last year. His ERA is 4.87. This isn't factoring tonight's game. But his FIP and XFIP are 377 and 387. So you're talking a whole run in regression he's due. And if you are more of a Sierra guy, it's 391. So we're still looking at a guy. I mean, I get it. It's still high threes ERA. But in today's game, a high threes ERA isn't terrible. But and nothing special either. Don't get me wrong. But we're talking about a guy who's a full run better than he's been. And I just think there's way better days ahead for him. I mean, oh, it's so aggravating because I really want to keep believing in him. And then he goes out and just he does okay, or then he does, or he does a really great start. Then he has to face the Nationals, which don't get me started on him in the Nationals. The Nationals flipping own this kid. But regardless, I think you just look at some of these ratios. You got to realize that things are going to change for the better, or they should. They indicate that's another thing. You have to remember 
these advanced metrics, I use them as a tool, but they aren't a rule because there's always exceptions and there's always variables and variances. You gotta just realize that these suggest way better things to come. And I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the metrics. So because they suggest it, I, I tend to go with it because these metrics, you, if you follow what the metrics say, you will be right more often than you're not. And Wheeler, for me, great by low. He might even be on the waiver wire in some leagues because people are just getting sick of him. Please, if he's on your waiver wire, add him. And if you can get him for cheap, I would go ahead and do it. A lot of people have, like, Jose Ramirez on their uh, buy low list. I'm actually, like, anti-buying Jose Ramirez. Unless you get him for dirt cheap, I'm not going anywhere near him. But I'm looking at a guy, like, people don't realize how well uh, Harper's been doing. And I think there's a real good buy low opportunity for Harper right now. And he's higher end than I like to – talk about because he's still going to cost a good amount but the guy's been hitting like 280 over the last month only five home runs but still i'll give up a few home runs if i can get him back to hitting a high 200 average his ops is over 800 his on base is always really good he's just solid he's really good in points leagues road leagues the average again is concerning so he's another guy that He's another guy I'm, I'm just – if I can go out and get for a decent price, I'm not going to think twice. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Crea, kind of a cheap one or easy one to target. He's out for another, I think, four – at least it's been at least a week or two now since his weird injury. He's another one I'm definitely targeting. He's on the DL, IO, whatever it's called. So he's another guy that I would go ahead and – you could probably get him, especially if the team that has him is, you know, middling – in the stand in the middle of standings kind of doing okay not great could use a little boost he might be a guy you can go out and get right now for relatively cheap because of his out, because of how long he's out for all right last guy is also kind of a cheapy but he's he's actually pretty realistic of a get for relatively cheap that's Caleb Smith he's only owning 63 percent of the league so he might even be on your waiver wire he you know had a couple rough starts right before his hip injury he could return this weekend, it says. I thought the breakout was real. I still think it is. And we're still looking at a guy with a 3.41 ERA and a 1.02 whip. Wins are hard to come by for, Caleb, for, for Smith. But, again, he's a great, great by low target, I think. Because, again, he could be on the river wire. And I like him more than Wheeler, actually, if you could believe that. Uh I'm a big Caleb Smith fan. I think this stuff is real. I also did an article on him about a month ago or so. Regression was due, but I think this little knick-knack injury might have been playing into it a little bit. So we'll see when he comes back. But, man, I, I like what I'm seeing from the kid. He's he's flashing great K-rate. I'm going to pull up his page real quick. I don't like to just say something blindly without really uh, – being ready, so my apologies. This is what happens when you try to come up with a name on the fly. Yeah, we're talking – he has an 11.18K per nine, a 2.73 walk per nine. So, the Ks, the high K rate, the low walk rate, it's beautiful. Uh, 3.41 ERA, XFIP of 3.76, Sierra of 3.57. So, yeah, it's pretty in line. It's pretty much suggesting what he's doing is real and – 
peripherals about a month ago when I did that article on him suggested he was a low three ERA guy. So we'll see. I mean, pitching at Marlins Park, that never hurts either. So he's a realistic solid. I think he has SP2 upside the rest of the season if you can go ahead and get him real low. Now, last topic I'm going to talk about before I get out of here, just a few names in Dynasty Leagues I really like. And you should probably at least consider them. And they might not be, you know, deep names like for some of the leagues. So there's some really deep leagues that I'll touch on a couple of those guys too. But there's a couple of guys I'm, I, I've made sure to go out and own. One of them is Dylan Carlson. He's been – I wrote about him. I wrote him up a little bit uh, few, like a month, like a few weeks back at this point. And the kid has been absolutely just solid this year. For a big thing for me, because obviously advanced stats are very limited when it comes to my leaguers. I look at power output, speed output. I look, but my big thing is walk rates and K rates. I love a guy who has a solid walk rate in the minors and a low K rate. That, it just shows plate approach, and that type of plate approach can really fit in at any level. You look at like this year, he has 11% walk rate, a 17.7% K rate. Last year, 11.8% walk rate, 17.7% uh, K rate. So it's that's who he is. But this year, he took his power to another level. Last year, he had nine home runs and only four in, in 441 plate appearances. This year, he already has 10 home runs, and it's been 283 plate appearances. His speed is there. He has 11 steals. He has a triple slash of 287, 371, and 516. He hits uh he hits line drives at an elite rate at twenty seven percent. That is that is really really solid. You like to see that. He's a uh, it's he's weird. He doesn't really hit a lot of balls in center field. He hits he pulls a lot at forty three point nine percent, and he hits opposite field quite a bit at thirty six point four percent. So it shows he has an all fields approach. Really, all in all, I really like this kid. Last I checked on fan tracks, he's only eleven percent owned. So he's definitely a name to keep an eye on. I mean, I've made a point to be able to go ahead and get him. Another player, for some reason, I'm just all over right now. I think it's pro- part of this is uh, proximity is Anthony K. Up until his re- – I mean, he did just kind of blow up the other day in AAA. I mean, he did flash – he pitched only four innings. But in those four innings, he had a 13.5% K per nine. <laughs> <laughs> but his strain rate was really bad. It was a bad game. Uh, all in all, could it just be the – it was his first AAA game. I think there was a little bit of jitters. But prior to that, this guy is another guy that last I checked was like sub-10% owned fan tracks. Maybe it's gone up because of his because uh, of how good he was doing in AA. But this year in AA, which is the greater sample size, he had uh, Anthony K had 12 games started, 66 innings pitched with a 9.5K per nine. And a 1.49 ERA with a FIP that was 2.69. So, obviously, 1.49 was going to regress. XFIP of 3.49. So, he's somewhere between, uh, you know, he's probably closer to the you know, lower three ERA guy at least. But still, solid numbers. Mets usually treat their pitchers well. And uh, they usually, you know, their pitchers you typically have success. They That's one thing they've done really well in their farm systems are uh, – the word producing was what's coming to mind. They don't produce pitchers. They coach them up and they uh, 
essentially produce them, but that's not the word I was, I'm trying to use it. Regardless, they, uh, their pitchers usually are pretty successful coming out of the minors. So this is also partially just trusting the system and knows what they're doing. And he's another guy I've just made sure has been added in all my leagues. I mean, I couldn't tell you his ownership now, but I really just – he's intriguing to me. I want to see where it goes, and he, I think he's up for a cup of coffee by the end of the season. And pitching is hard to come by. There's worse names to go after. And now there's two guys that are just a little bit deep. These guys are really deep. But it's uh first one I'm going to talk about. He's only owned in 4% of leagues. His name is Gabriel Rodriguez. He's shortstop. He's a pretty shortstop for the uh, for the Cleveland Indians. He, he's only 17 years old. So <laughs> there you go. But the guy in 11 games so far, because he plays in the Dominican League. Remember, these are guys that he's 17. He's way off the peripherals. Really deeply guy, but man, do I like me some Gabriel Rodriguez. I own him in all my deeper dynasties. In those 11 games, he has three home runs already and 16 RBIs. He's killing it in the Dominican League. 9.4% walk rate, 9.4% K rate, triple slash of 261, 340, and 565. I absolutely love this kid. I'm a big fan of his. He 17 years old, has a long way to go. But if you play in some of these deep uh, – I play in dynasty leagues that you have 25 men, 25 guys on your uh, on your minor league uh, roster. I play in 30-team leagues, 30-team dynasty. Guys like this that, although they're obviously far, far, far away, hold value because, because of, how, because of uh, how deep these leagues are. So he's definitely a guy that if you're in these, one of these deep leagues and he's available, I would definitely – Go out and look his way. And another one is Junior San Quentin. I want to say his ownership uh, is similar, actually. I can't – he doesn't have a a page here on uh, Fangraphs yet. San Quentin. Oh, I don't see him – I don't see a page for him on, the, on Fangraphs, which is hilarious. But he's another 17-year-old kid. He plays for the Indians as well. And same deal, not as good as Gabriel Rodriguez, but was another – he's another guy, 17 years old, 11, the same 11 games, they're playing the same team. He has, the, he has two home runs and nine RBIs, five walks, 231 average, 311 OBP, and 513 slugging. Again, we're talking deep dynasty guys here, deep prospects. I'd, I'd rather have Gabriel over San Quentin, of course. The guys that – those are guys just to watch out for. If you're in deep dynasty leagues, give them a shot. Give them a look. One more uh, one more guy that I think needs to be owned more is uh, Griffin Conine. I don't know if people – oh, there's actually a couple guys here that need to be owned. There's more guys here to get owned more. I mean, but he's – I don't think Conine's getting the uh, – he's only 6% owned. I don't think he's necessarily getting the hype that he deserves, at least with how he's performing right now. Co nine is another one, another one of those guys in the Jays uh, minor league system with with you know prospect pedigree or not pedigree with uh that have the that have that namesake. The guys, another deeply guy plays plays a ball right now. Eighteen games so far this year, six home runs, a stolen base, really high K rate over thirty percent. You'd like to see that come down, but 
353 average, 413 OBP, and 750 slugging. He's worth rostering. Again, another deeper Dynasty League guy. Griffin Conine I'm talking about here. I'm trying to give, I'm trying to give you some of those deeper league guys that maybe you're looking for a, a lot of ticket. That's what these are basically – that's what this guy's basically become. Now, another, another one that he's making a lot of lists right now. And rightfully so, so uh, rightfully so, is uh, Jake Fraley. He is owned. Let's see. He's only owned in eight percent of leagues. That number should rise because he was another one. He's a he's a little old for his age level. He's twenty four years old, sitting in Double uh, A right now. He was traded, I believe, from the Jays to Seattle. Sorry, from the Rays to Seattle this offseason, and his numbers are pretty ridiculous. In 59 games, he has 11 home runs and 15 stolen bases, a decent walk rate of 8.8%, and a decent carry rate of 20.3%, a triple slash of 318, 390, and 547. This guy, I don't know what happened all of a sudden. He's hitting more line. He's hitting line drives at 27, 26% uh, rate. Decent fly balls at 42%. Low amount of ground balls at th- only 31%. All-fields hitter. All in all, just solid. And he's only 8% owned. These are guys that could very well be available in your dynasty leagues. He would definitely rank – he'd rank second to uh, Dylan Carlson out of all these names I've dropped so far. I'd probably put Carlson, Fraley, K, then Gabriel Rodriguez, and then Junior and Quentin if you're really desperate. Um, another guy that I think he's going to have a dynasty league, I mean, redraft league appeal at one point coming up very, very soon. And that's Bobby Bradley. You can't really ignore what he's doing now. He does strike out way too much, but in today's, in today's game, who doesn't? You're looking at a guy right now, triple A for the Indians, 24 year old kid, triple A for the Indians. Sorry, 23-year-old kid and AAA for the Indians. But I feel like we talked about him a lot. I feel like he was uh, on people's lists last year, kind of fell off. But we're talking about Bobby Bradley. And he has 22 home runs right now in the minor leagues in only 20, uh, 267 play appearances. Doesn't steal. He's, that's not his game. But there's no reason why he shouldn't be up right now. He's mashing. I would real, realistically – you're still looking at a guy 250 average with 30 to 40 home run upside type of power. That's that's his game. That's what he does. I think if you need power, he might he should come up for the years over for the Indians, maybe even for the second half. They have a spot for him right now if they really wanted to. They put uh, Bowers in outfield, Santana at DH, and boom, Bradley at first, or Bradley at DH, Santana at first. Regardless. I think he's up sooner. Uh, I think he's up at some point uh, soon-ish. I would say, and he's a guy that I think he's only owned. Last I looked, was like sixteen percent. He's he's the highest owned of all these names. So he didn't quite make these deeper league, you know, quite make the deeper league dynasty cut. But definitely a guy worth monitoring. And another one worth monitoring is is uh, Jorge Mateo. I don't know why he's not up yet. Maybe he's cooled down a lot. I haven't really checked on him. I have no shares of him in dynasty. But, no, he's still doing his thing. He's actually hitting for way more power than I expected. This is a guy that he's somebody in 
if he's called up, I'm picking him up in mixed leagues. He's a guy that in AAA right now, for some reason, I guess the ball must be, you know, the ball being juiced. He's never hit uh, double-digit home runs in a season. He has 10 right now in the minors with 15 stolen bases. And stealing is what he does. He actually has a season in the minors with 82 stolen bases. (laughs) Like, his speed is absurd. He might come up and be the fastest player in the pros. Him and Mondesi might have to have a foot race. But we're talking about Jorge Mateo. He's a guy that I didn't realize he had double-digit home runs at this point. A triple slash of 328, 359, and 559. He's a low-walk guy, so the OBP wouldn't be great. He's more of a Roto League, Cowboy League type of target if you're looking to stash somebody with speed right now. But, again, he's in AAA. He's doing really well, and he's definitely a guy worth monitoring. I don't know his ownership percentage off the top of my head. He's just a name that popped into my head that somebody that you could stash in even in mixed leagues right now. And in dynasty leagues, he might be a cheap target to go after. I don't know. I don't know exactly what he would cost. I haven't really tried because, you know, I lose track of time, I guess. I don't know. But let's see what he's owned. He's 24% owned. Yeah, he's not going to be really available. Regardless, I think he might have some – I think his name popped in my head because he's going to – I think he'll have mixed league – uh, relevance once he's called up. And that's going to do it, I think. I could talk Dynasty for a long time. I might have to do a separate podcast on that because there's a, there's a few more guys that I'm watching right now that I'm eyeing. But this podcast for a solo pod is going to run really long if I touch on everybody. So Dylan Carlson's my favorite name out of all these names I named. And he's – let's see. Last I checked was 11% owned. and That was like the other day. But – He's looking – oh, he's 12% on now. He's a guy I made a point to make room for on one of my dynasty teams. So, And that was a more shallower one with only 10 minor leaguers being stashed. But still 16 – all my all my dynasty leagues are 16 teams or greater. But regardless, he's the guy that I would almost put him out as a must-add in dynasty leagues with – but, again, it depends on the depth of your dynasty leagues. If you're looking at, like, a 12-team dynasty league with, like, five – uh, five uh, minor league keepers no but he's gonna be shooting up and I think he already is shooting up a lot of people's draft boards or dynasty lists and such so I would definitely make it a point to uh, take a look at him so regardless that's gonna do it again I got a couple articles out I, I dropped two over the weekend one is diving into some regression candidates another one is just talking about three players that have a uh, that have broken out this year and why pretty much breaking out discussing what's changed in their profile and why they did break out and why it's something you should believe in. And maybe, maybe you look at it as like a buy high regardless. Those are my two newest articles. You can find them on my Twitter account at Mike underscore Curlin. You can find them at the FSGN or FSGN.com. The FSGN.com, I should say. Um, you can find Bases Loaded Pod at Bases Loaded Pod on Twitter and Instagram. George, one of our co-hosts, he also writes. He just put out a waiver wire article. He does his waiver wire, waiver wire articles every week. You should definitely ch- uh, check out his work. And Zach, and you can follow him on Twitter at jmontez90. And Zach is our third co-host. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, brafz. We'll, we're all going to come back, and we'll be on an episode probably later this week, if possible. But it's been a really busy, uh, busy couple weeks. So we we appreciate your patience with us. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is our quarter century mark episode. 
And uh, we look forward to bringing you a lot more. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>